In today's show, we look back at Monday's games in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look at those games from Monday. There were six of them. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about some news updates since we did the What to Watch For injury update show. Um, D'Angelo Russell is questionable for the Lakers. So what happens with Troy Brown and what happens with Dennis Schroeder and even Austin Reeves is going to be interesting if Russell is actually available to play. The Bronco, Jalen Williams, he's questionable for the Thunder. Not great. Wrist sprain there. If he is out, well, they'll just chuck a bunch of guys in. Wiggins will be one of those players. I would guess you get some more minutes from Robinson Earl. Um, you'll get perhaps more shots for Lou Dort. It'll just be a messy situation. And I think you'll find better streaming options if Jalen Williams happens to be out. And then in Washington, a little bit of a surprise. Monte Morris is questionable after being back-to-back and having that epidural injection into his back. He is uh, perhaps available to return. We are still holding deal on right. I don't know if they'll just go straight back to Morris starting. I think they will. I don't think they should, but I think they will. Um, and that will obviously impact Delon. But Delon's minutes have been up prior to Morris's injury. So we hold him and we see what happens. The Wizards have got a nice three-game in four-night stretch coming up. And I think that Morris will probably sit at least one of those back-to-back games. Um, let's look at the most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one is Tyus Jones, up 23%. Absolutely clear must-roster player. The next one was MC Hamadou Diallo. The Pistons had three games in four nights. They had a bunch of players out. And then Diallo went and got injured today as well. And he left the arena in a boot. I don't think he's going to play tomorrow. So while it's the right move to have streamed him in, it's probably not going to work out. Um, And I think if you wanted to drop him, it'll be okay. Cam Reddish up 18%. Well, that one obviously has worked out. We don't know when Simons is coming back. And as long as Simons is out, Reddish appears to be the guy. He's been playing really, really well. Um, huge minutes today, great points, three steals sort of a player, um, really, really producing at a high level, and that's a good ad. Chris Dunn up 14%. We know that Sexton is out at least another week, so Dunn is going to be useful for this week for 12-teamers. Xavier T. Ilman up 14%. No Steve Adams, no Brandon Clark. Tillman's a great ad. Bruce Brown up 11%, while the Nuggets are playing today. I think he's okay. There was some doubt about Michael Porter Jr., but Porter played. Uh, Chanchai was the one who ended up being out. Brown is okay, and if the schedule makes sense, you use him, but otherwise, eh, we'll see. Marvin Bagley up 10%. That's Marvin Bagley the third. Up 10%, yes, because Duran and Stewart remain out. I think as soon as those guys come back, though, Bagley's not going to be reliable. We saw another you know, interesting game from Bagley today. Got good minutes. That's probably all I can say there. And then Sadiq Bay up 8%, another big minute game for him. We'll talk about that when we get to the Hawks and Heat game later on in the day. He is looking like at least a stream option or a back-end 12-team league option with the way that Quinn Snyder is using him in Atlanta. 
the most dropped players over the last 24 hours. Number one is Cameron Thomas, down 16%, back-to-back seven-minute games. I don't think he will stay at seven minutes a night, but I also don't think that he's a must-roster player, so no problem. Then you've got some Spurs getting dropped. Jeremy Sohan down 10%. Yes, they don't play till Friday. Kata Bates-Diop down 8%. Easy drop. John Kaminga down 7%. I think we might see some better production from him, but I also think that Wiggins' return might be coming really shortly, and that's going to have a real impact on Kaminga, so no problem dropping him. Trey Jones and Charles Bassey, two more Spurs getting dropped, absolutely okay. Isaiah Joe down 5%. With a game tomorrow with Jalen Williams maybe out, perhaps would have held on to Joe, but I get it. Like The value of him is only really boosted when Shea is out. And then Jim Wiseman, Blunty, down 5%. He fouled out in like 24 minutes today. Um, I don't know why you would have dropped him when they played today, tomorrow, and Thursday. That's a weird move to see that many people drop him. And as much as I'm not a big Wiseman fan, I definitely would have dropped, wouldn't have dropped him. Um, given that situation, given the absence, or not given the way that the schedule had panned out, weird call. But people make weird calls all the time. First game, let's get straight into it. It is. The Boston Celtics in a back-to-back overtime game. They lose to the Cavs 118-114. There was no Tatum or no Horford. Horford is a scheduled rest. I think Tatum is basically a scheduled rest after playing huge minutes on Sunday. So they were able to start a front court of Blake Griffin and Mike Muscala. Griffin played 18 minutes and had four points, while Muscala was pretty useful. Five points, two steals, one block, six rebounds. But Horford's going to play next game. Tatum's going to play. So don't worry about that. Jalen Brown, 45 minutes. After 44 or something yesterday. JB, you've done it again. He was great. A little bit annoying from the free throw line. Just 7 of 10, but 32, 13, and 9 there. While Brogdon had 24, 4, and 5 in his return. And Derek White, good minutes. But the last two games, he's played 30 plus with Rob Williams out. And it hasn't really resulted in big numbers. 12, 3, and 2 from Derek. Two triples. No defensive stats. 35% shooting. We hold him. But that really hot run that he had is not present at the moment. And he's struggling to put up good permanent numbers or even just good numbers. Marcus Smart, not great with 11 points on 17 shots, but five assists, two steals, a block. That gets it going. And he had three threes in there as well. Well, for the Cavs, they actually went small quite a bit here. So Jarrett Allen only played 26 minutes. He had four and six. Just a weird matchup, lineup type of situation. They went with Mobley at center a lot. He played 41 minutes, Mobley. 25 and 17 with three blocks. We've seen his usage and his offensive output increase of late. And another example here. While Don Mitchell was questionable heading into this game. He's Don. He's good. He had 40 points in 47 minutes with 11 rebounds and four threes. Inefficient, but we love that volume. While Garland had 17, 5, and 12, and he was worse with 33% shooting. We got 33 minutes out of Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Um, and he scored, what, seven points? This has been a problem with him all season with the shooting. But the other stuff's good. Six rebounds, four assists, two steals, three blocks. Unfortunately, he shot 29%. I'm not interested in Karis Levert outside of streaming or maybe as a points league guy, but as a category league guy, no. And then we had 23 Isaac Okoro minutes, 18 Chetty Osman minutes, only seven Rubio minutes. Rubio has really struggled since coming back from his ACL. Fair enough. He's 33 years of age coming back from an ACL. He has really struggled. And I'm even like considering these maybe not even a 16-team league guy at this point with how they're limiting him and how poorly he is playing a lot of this time. Lamar Stevens had eight and eight, and he was another one of those guys in the mix getting minutes at the three. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 
We're all looking for a delicious treat, but we don't want the fat, the sugary, the sugary goodness. No, that's just the sugar or the calories that comes in a traditional candy bar. Built Bar has you covered. High in protein, low in calories, low in fat as well, but they taste unbelievable. They taste just like a candy bar, but you're doing something good. You're getting that protein into your body. And I've told you for years that you can go to built.com and you can order these built bars. And that's still the case. We can still go there and see all of their amazing flavors, special edition flavors. But now you can just walk straight into a Walmart and there they are on the shelf. A four bar box of coconut puff, cookies and cream and double chocolate. Whereas for uh, if you go to Sam's Club, you've got big boxes, 13 bar boxes of churro flavor and brownie batter flavor. So go to built.com or go to Walmart or go to your local Sam's Club and get yourself boxes of built bar. Built bar is built different. The second game we're going to look at was the Sixers beating the Pacers. The Sixers were without Tobias Harris and PJ Tucker. So Jalen McDaniels played 30 minutes in a start and had 20 points with eight rebounds. Not a lot else there. No assists, one steal, but 62% shooting. They play again tomorrow, the Sixers. So if Harris and Tucker are out, we will stream in Jalen McDaniels. Otherwise, we'll leave it alone. They also uh, started D'Anthony Melton, and he wasn't particularly strong. Nine and six with a triple one. But again, with that back-to-back tomorrow, if we do have Melton, we hold because he's got a bigger chance than McDaniels of playing 26 minutes, even if Harris and Tucker return. Tyrese Maxey's scoring continues to be really good. He's on a massive heater with high field goal percentage. 24 points, but in true Maxey style, not a lot else. Zero rebounds and two assists. The six triples are nice. The high shooting is nice. He's absolutely on fire with that shot. Brace yourself for a cold streak, but he's killing it at the moment. And Jimmy Harden had only 14 points on 27%, which sucks, but 20 assists with nine rebounds, while Embiid had 42, five and three, two steals and a block. Um, George Niang played big minutes last game. Not really here at all, 11 minutes, while Shake Milton is the guy that got the big boost off the bench. Shake played 30 minutes in this one. 15 points with four threes in those 30 minutes. Don't think there's anything to really see with that. For the Pacers, Aaron Neesmith was out, so Jordan Nora started. And for the second consecutive game, Nora played fewer minutes as a starter than he has as a reserve. I don't know what the logic behind it is, but it's Rick Carlisle, so who knows? 16 points for Nora with two threes. He's a streamer, but he's just a deeper league guy because of this minutes thing. While Miles Turner got into extreme foul trouble, he fouled out in 17 minutes. That's why he played 17 minutes. And that meant that we didn't really get to see any sort of delineation between Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith because they both played. Well, that's actually not true because we did see delineation because Jalen Smith played 21 minutes after being out of the rotation, the last two. Stand by your man! 14 points with two threes and two blocks while Isaiah Jackson had nine minutes for four points. So... Maybe they're just going to run two games in a row of backup centers and we see Smith again in the next game and then it's back to Jackson. I don't know. All I know is we can't really rely upon it yet. Halliburton was questionable heading into this game. He played 37 minutes and had 43 and 16 on elite percentages with five threes. Just amazing numbers for him. And McConnell was also good. 22 minutes. They crossed over a little bit. TJ did with um, Halliburton. He had 12, 5, and 4 with three steals. He's a streamer. Not a must roster guy. Matherin's obviously not must roster either. He played 30 minutes, but 13, 2, and 0. No defensive stats. Um, no assists. Three of six from the line. He just hurts you so often in category leagues that you can't have him as a must roster play. Well, Buddy Heald didn't play well early, but 15 and 8, four, four threes, 56% shooting. Unfortunately, one of four from the line, but otherwise, some okay numbers there from Bard because it didn't look like it was going to end up being uh, particularly strong at one point there for the big fella. 
The Blazers beat the Pistons on the road, 110-104. Lillard was great again, a triple-double, 31, 13, and 12, a steal and a block. Unlucky, or not great shooting, maybe that's better, 36% shooting for him, but some good numbers, while Jeremy Grant had 46 and 6 with three blocks. Good to see him getting those blocks in, but Cam Reddish, probably the surprise story here. 40 minutes in a non-overtime game. Only 13 points, but eight assists, three threes, two steals. 30% 30% shooting and 67 from the line is rough. That hurts in category leagues. But the volume is enough to have him as a 12-team league guy while Simons is out. But we don't know when Simons and Nurkic are going to return. We also saw Trenton Watford play 29 minutes compared to Drew Eubanks' 19. Eubanks still had 10-3 and three with a steal and two blocks, which is a good fantasy line, while Watford had 12-2, and two, which is not as good of a fantasy line. They're both sort of fringe guys. I would still lean Eubanks over Watford. Watford more for 14s and Eubanks more for 12. Shaden Sharp did nothing, six points in 21 minutes, while it was the second bad game in a row for Thibault. He played a lot of minutes, 37 minutes for the painter, but 3-3-2 three, three, and two with a steal. And what we've said all along with him, it's all about steals. And what have we said about steals all season is they are the most volatile category, game to game, week to week, year to year. He only had one steal and zero blocks. Low volume stats, this is what happens. You can't rely upon Thibault's offense, but there will be nights where he has five steals and nights where he has one. And one is still okay, but that's the only reason you have him is to get multiple steals. I'm not telling you to drop Thibault. You shouldn't drop Thibault. He is a guy you need to hold. And if someone drops him, add him. But you need to understand that some of that offensive stuff that he was doing is not reliable. We don't have him for that. And there are going to be lots of ups and downs in his um in his defensive um what do you call him? In his uh, defensive stats. It's just it's just what happens. Um for the Pistons, I, I don't know how really to analyze this game. There was no Bogdanovich, Hayes, Duran, or Stewart. And then Hamadou Diallo sprained his ankle towards the end. Diallo had nine and eight. Not a great game at all from him. One of six in the line is actually putrid. But he was a guy that was looking to be an interesting ad with the three and four coming up. But I don't think he's going to play tomorrow. Wiseman played 24 minutes, 12 and seven with three blocks. Acts pretty useful. He fouled out. But what does he do when Duran and Stewart play? We don't know. And it feels like um, Bagley the fourth and Bagley the third are just alternating games. Like Bagley played 36 minutes here, Bagley the third, the actual Marvin Bagley, and had 10 and eight on 41% shooting. He still had two blocks, and he still is useful to have while these players are out. But these guys are just not good enough for me to look at as players who maintain 26 minutes a night rest of season. Jaden Ivey, only 31 minutes. Casey continually limits his minutes. He had 13, 5, and 13, but shot 29%. Yuck. The 13 assists are really, really strong, but the other stuff is just, there's always something lacking there. You probably do want to hold him given the, the schedule here, but they, what, he's 204th over the last week, 177th for the season, Jaden Ivey. And much like Benedict Matherin, like just struggling to make any sort of fantasy impact. Roderick Hampton Jr. had a fantasy impact. 19 or 20 minutes for Hampton, 10 points, two threes, but five steals gets it done, while Corey Joseph played an incomprehensible 32 minutes, 14, 5, and 4. I guess you could stream Joseph if Hayes is out, or you could try Hampton, but Hampton's value is bumped there because of five steals. If he doesn't have five steals, the line doesn't really look anywhere near as good, although in deeper leagues, there is still stream value, but who knows who plays tomorrow? Diallo, Bogdanovich, Hayes, Duran, Stewart, Magruder. Those are six guys who may or may not play tomorrow. I don't think Diallo's playing, but anyone else? could play, or Wiseman was questionable before today's game with a knee issue. Wouldn't be surprised if he sits out tomorrow. So this team, you're going to have to wait and see till we get injury updates before you decide who to stream. Isaiah Livers played 39 minutes, 17 points for him. He's not usually a usage guy like this, and by usage, like he had 16%, normally he's like 10%, 11%. 
Good scoring, good shooting. Don't really care for him as a fantasy ad at this point. And Alec Burks, only 23 minutes. Alec Burks. Which is annoying. There was a big opportunity for him here. 13, 6, and 4 with a steal and a block. They're still not bad numbers. He shot horribly. It could have been better. I don't mind him as a stream or a hold for tomorrow, but he's also a guy that they could make up an injury for, and he doesn't play tomorrow. That is a possibility there as well. The next game, the Atlanta Hawks lose to the Miami Heat. 128-130. DeJounte Murray, 23-4-8 with 37 minutes. Really strong. Trey Young, 34 minutes, 25-1-7. Pretty strong. And John Collins was even strong. 17 points for Johnny on 64% shooting. Now, fortunately, he had one rebound and he played just 20 minutes. Did he play 20 minutes because that's what Quinn Snyder wants or did he do it because he got four fouls? The trend is telling us that Snyder only wants limited minutes and I still think that Collins is a drop. And that means Sadiq Bey is pushing into addable territory or if he's not already there. 17 points, three threes, six rebounds, three assists on 60%. Still low usage and he was a team worst minus 16 Sadiq. But he did get some good opportunities, and he's been scoring and hitting threes at an okay level there on nights where they play. He has some value in 12-team leagues. Interestingly, we'd seen a Klinkapala 25 and Yekara Kongwu 23-minute split recently. Not here. 34 minutes for Kapala, 14 for a Kongwu. Kapala got 12 and 10 in that time, while Kongwu had 6 and 2. And if a Kongwu gets 23 a night, then clearly he's a 12-team league player. But the downside is this. And he's like 173rd over the last week. I think you still can hold him. But it is always really hard, unless they are an elite permanent producer, Charles Bassey, as a backup center to hold when there are this significant downside risk like this. I don't think Bogdanovich is a must-hold either. Bogdan, that's 12-2-2 with him in only 24 minutes. And the minutes are worrying me. While Hunter was 14-4-4, you know, which is more 14-team league stuff. For the Heat, Kevin Love was out, so they started Max Struess, not Caleb Martin, but Martin got the starters minutes. 28 minutes for Caleb, 21-4 and 2 a steal and a block. Now, he still only took nine shots and hit them at a high rate, but he's playing pretty well. He's at least streamable if you're looking for some th for some threes, some steals, and some points. Adebayo, 16-7 and 5 with three steals is a great game, while Butler had 26-9 and 9. Big game for Victor Oladipo as well. 32 minutes, 22 points, four threes, two blocks. Now, I think some of that is because they started Max Struess and played him as a forward, opening up more minutes for Vic. I'm not adding Oladipo after this, but it's definitely intriguing. While Struess had eight points in 22, and Hero struggled again with his shot. Man, his shooting has been rough for like the last two months, I feel like. 13 points, three threes, 36% shooting. There's also a stinker from Gabe Vincent. Eight points, 24 minutes, two threes. I don't know when Lowry's coming back, but I do know that Vincent continues to struggle, and I don't think we need to look at him as a 12-team league guy, unfortunately. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fangio. Fangio is... Well, actually, we'll get to Fangio in a second, because the, the, towards the end of the NBA season, it is the perfect time now for you to download Fangio, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and three-pointers drained. We have a look at some of the games tomorrow. The Warriors on the road against the Thunder are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Do you think the Warriors with their abysmal road record can actually cover four-and-a-half points? Seems a little bit doubtful, but hey. That's the way the odds are on FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, next game. The Nuggets win it 118-113. The final score here. It's a pretty... Um, 
curious refereeing towards the end, including Scotty Barnes getting ejected. 34 minutes for Barnes, 12 and 9 with a steal and a block. Let's just say it, it was shithouse. It was bad stuff from the refs. And I, I hate ejections. I hate techs. I hate refs who are overly sensitive. It's so annoying. I don't know what the purpose of it is. It's just It just frustrates me. Anyway. Good game. Well, not actually, not that good game from Barnes. It was an okay game from Barnes. It was a good game from Van Vliet. 21, 1, and 14 with two steals, while Pirtle played 32 minutes. The minutes continue to be an adventure with him, but 18, 9, and 4, a steal and a block, and he continues to be amazing, really. Outside of missing those couple of free throws, he's been great since arriving in Toronto. The Gary Trent trend continues to be weird. Yes, the last game that we saw, Gaz, it was, it was pretty good. Nice, Gary! But... It's like four out of the last five, these under 30 minutes, 13, 1, and 0. Not because he shot poorly, 67% shooting, but because they went to Purtlemore. 23 minutes only for Trent, low usage, no other stats. I'm not saying that he is a drop, but if we revisit this in another week and this is what's happening, then he is. A chew up had 9 and 6 in 19 minutes, while we had uh, Ananobi have 12 and 4. I would hold Ananobi. That's not a great game. And Siakam had 19, 4 and 4. Definitely not a great game by his standards. There are easy ways, though, for Trent to play more. Like 11 Will Barton minutes, useless. But it's happening. And it's happening a lot of the time. And that is the real concern here with Gaz as we move forward. No, no Vlaco Chancha in the lineup today. And it was a stinker from Bruce Brown. I don't know why I started with him, but I did. 20 minutes, 9 points, 15%. Two steals. He was one of the most added players. We saw that earlier on. I think he's very fringe as a 12-team must. He can be used. He doesn't have to be. The good stuff, Jokic had 17, 13, and 9. Very low usage, though. Well, Jamal Murray had 21 with five, uh, 20, sorry, 24 with 5 threes, 5 assists, and 3 steals. And Gordon was back to his best, 30 minutes, 19, 6, and 5, and 2 steals. Really good game from Porter as well, 20 and 5 with 4 triples. Considering he was ill coming in, he is starting to put it together at the moment. But honestly, this, is, this game's a little bit boring from a fantasy perspective. Reggie Jackson played 23 minutes for some reason, more minutes than Bruce Brown. He had 13 points with 3 threes. We're only looking at Reggie as like a deeper league stream, but that's it. But there's not really a huge amount of commentary, I think, that's needed for, this, uh, for that game. And then the last game of the night, big blowout. The Kings win it. 123-108. Is that the right score? Yeah, 123-108. Don't know what I was looking at there. Um, yeah, so the Kings get a comfortable blowout victory over the Pelicans. For the uh, for the Pelicans, Trey Murphy, 37 minutes. 17, 5, and 4. Two steals, two blocks, and four triples. That's an amazing line. It does help that Josh Richardson out, is out, but it, look, he should never have been benched to begin with. And I think it was trending back in the direction of Murphy. And anyway, he's fine to have, but understand that He's not always going to be like this, but I have seen maybe a little bit of a, a turned corner in terms of aggression, which is great. The return of Jonas Valanciunas, he played 32 minutes. Jonas Vasilinovasas. 19 and 12, that meant Billy Hernan Gomez was out of the rotation. They actually gave the backup minutes to Jackson Hayes, for those of you in deeper leagues. Not a great game from CJ McCollum, only 31 minutes, and Kyrie Lewis was actually in at the end. CJ played 31, had 14, 4, and 3. Lewis didn't do much, 3 points on 14%. Um, but he was a minus 27. He just struggled. Herb Jones was great, though. 13, 8, and 8, a steal and a block. Much like with some of the stuff with Thibault, whenever you get a game like this, it's great, but it's a real bonus. But don't look at this as like, oh, here's something new, because I don't think it's going to stick. He was still 11% usage. He got there on 63% shooting, hit all three of his three-point attempts. It steals and blocks that you're looking for Herb, mainly steals. And if you get games like this, you feel good about it. Ingram had 24, 3, and 7 in 38 minutes. Not much else going on there for the Kings. No De'Aaron Fox. 
So Davion Mitchell started, and he was okay. 15-1-6 with three threes. It sounds like Fox will play their next game, which is on Thursday, I believe. So we don't need to add Mitchell, but if Fox remains out, then we do. Sabonis had 19-11-11, a triple one. Sorry, a triple-double with a triple-one. Great game from him. While Herder, back-to-back good games. 37 minutes, 25-5-8, six triples, two steals, and a block. We love that from Kevin Herder, who's been very much up and down. And it helps that Malik Monk was sort of in the doghouse. He played two minutes in the first half. He ended with 12 minutes only. His production has been well down over the last week. You can very, very easily jack off Malik Monk. Get that garbage out! Understanding that at any point, he could go crazy and Herder could be limited, but it swung back to Herder at the moment. Keegan Murray was just okay. Nothing bad, nothing good. 37 minutes, 13, 3 and 2, 2 steals, 2 threes. That's enough to be a hold, but he remains a back-end guy while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Just Harrison Barnes night. 14, 3 and 3 with a triple one. Also, big game from Trey Lyles off the bench. It's not huge, but 14, 5 and 4, 18 minutes. He's worked his way at least into being on like a low volume day, a 12 team stream option. He's producing at a decent enough level, like top 120 over the last week, at least moving into the hmm, who am I going to add as a center on a low volume night? Well, Trey Lyles has pushed himself into that discussion now, amazingly. The waiver wire. Or the lines of the night, just in general. The monstrous does go to Joel Embiid. Your waiver wire line of the night goes to Caleb Martin. The young gun is Evan Mobley. And the dud of the night is Benedict Matherin. Top 10 players in category leagues today. Number one was Embiid, followed by Halliburton, Lillard, Don Mitchell, Jokic, Mobley, Jeremy Grant, Sabonis, Van Vliet, and Jamal Murray. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50%. Number one was Caleb Martin. Doesn't happen often where the, the thumbnail picture from my streaming show from the day before ends up as the waiver wire line of the night. It did with Caleb. Um, yeah, look, he's okay to stream in at the moment. RJ Hampton, nice, but I honestly don't know who's going to play tomorrow. And if Hayes is playing, does Hampton even get a run at things? Probably not. Probably not. Karis Levert, maybe, but he's just a streamer. TJ McConnell, no. Victor Oladipo, liked what I saw from him, but I'm not really convinced that it's a long-term thing. Paul Reed, no. Jalen McDaniels, maybe. If Tobias Harris is out, we can stream him in tomorrow. Davion Mitchell, as I said just then, with Fox likely to play on Thursday, Mitchell has limited value. Jalen Smith, well, if we knew who the backup center was, he has some deeper league appeal, but I think it's going to be like a two-game-on, two-game-off thing. And then Corey Joseph. Again, if Hayes is out tomorrow, Joseph is worth a look. I'd have Hampton over him, but Joseph's worth a look. Top 10 players in points leagues today. Number one was Halliburton, followed by Lillard, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Evan Mobley, Kevin Herter, DeMontis Sabonis, and Jimmy Butler. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Today, there wasn't a huge amount of impactful stuff going on. It was just a weird day. Not many big breakouts, not many weird rotation changes, just stock standard stuff. But we got a show, and I hope you got something out of it. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.